Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed on the view podcast of all time. Welcome to, you guessed it, the Prince of Fresh Air. I am the most charismatic man in entertainment. And, you know, it's a beautiful day in New York City. You know, I'm not in L.A. Uh, for the time being. I'm back home where, where I'm born and raised. And, you know, I, I want to tell a little story before I bring on these guests. You know, they... Pain in the ass. And you ask me, why, why Why is he saying that? Well, I don't mean that in a bad way, but they emailed me last week, you know, to be on their podcast. And I was like, you know, I'm in the middle of a scheduling dinner with Scarlett Johansson. I'm like, who is these people? Um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger calls me and say, hey, man, I, I need your help with some bodybuilding stuff. I couldn't believe it myself. Um, this, the, the story sounds so unreal. I don't even believe it, but... Nonetheless, it happened. You know, I was on a podcast and we had a great conversation. And I, I told him, I said, you know what? I usually charge people $5,000 to be on a platform, but I'll waive it, give it to you for free. The only condition is that you got to come on mine because I am the most charismatic man in entertainment, the most in-demand podcaster alive. But let me stop bragging. So, you know, I want to introduce these guests. They're, they're two friends, great guys, one in Los Angeles, one right now in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, two great guys who, you know, started their own podcasting journey. Um, and I love what they do. It's different from mine, but meaning that, you know, this is a podcast out there for everybody. And I think for them, you know, two buddies for almost a decade talking about movies, comic books, video games, you know, the stuff people quote unquote call nerdy. And I think uh, I had a great time on their podcast and I thought, you know what, let me, let me extend the invitation. And I actually waived the $5,000 fee. So nobody's paying this time um but they are the hosts and the creators of the cross country comments please welcome these two guys i'm gonna have to get a restraining on them but that doesn't matter it is garrett jabbing welcome to the podcast thank you thank you thank you um so yeah we are the creators of cross country comments uh fairly new a uh, podcast um like uh mr fresh prince himself said we uh <laughs> we're two best friends for almost a decade um I, we both lived very close to each other uh grew up together for a little while um i ended up moving across the country uh the one thing that we re really connected with was comics and movies and video games like you said and we had conversations all the time and we were like why aren't these being recorded because we are having a great time and we figured why not let others have a great time with us if you're into that kind of thing. So we, uh, we're super happy to be here. Um, Javen, any, any thoughts? I, I don't want to hog all the time. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little background of why we started, uh, started our podcast cross country comments. Um, again, like you said, buds for forever. Uh, but we just have great conversations and we just thought one day, why in the hell aren't we, <laughs> are we recorded this like this is some good money so then just all of a sudden we just like you know what let's just do it so then we just ended up doing it um the name it came to us in like 30 minutes because <laughs> we, we, we were thinking like nerdy like comic book we were like nah that's too much and then we did something more you know more personal about it you know just we're commenting on stuff and we're both across the country so we're like why not cross country comments amazing title i thought um and it there's nothing like having your best friend as your partner someone that you you look to as a brother having your back you know doing something new together so this is something that 
you know, we can connect with. And I'm glad that we connected with you too, you know, connecting with the with the great positive, you know, podcast community. You have an amazing podcast too. So we're just, we're excited to be on, bro. Thank you for having us. Somebody grab the Kleenex. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> no, man, you know, <laughs> you know, so often, you know, on this podcast, I, I, I you know, a lot of people, um, enjoy it because I do talk about a lot of the hard stuff, but a, a part of me also, I don't like always doing, especially I did the, I did the Nashville shooting uh, for the last episode. Yeah. I, I hate doing podcasts like that. So it's always nice, you know, to do episodes that all my fans and people who listen can, can relate to. And I'm sure this conversation with you guys is going to be something that all the, I, I, I don't like calling people nerds. Every, everybody have their thing. So, uh, but you know, the things that, you know, if people are interested in movies and comic books and, and all that stuff, they'll love this conversation. So I'm glad you I was able to come on. And like I said, no five thousand dollars. It's only four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Appreciate. Hey, that's a discount. Dollar. I'll take it. And this economy, I'll take it. <laughs> and with inflation, count is acceptable. <laughs> well, oh, I forgot sales tax, so now it's ten grand. So uh, oh man, that. yeah, yeah, it's not coming. <laughs> All right. No, excuse me, excuse me. Nine thousand nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Exactly. Uh, but let's round it up. Right, we right, could right. donate that dollar to Make a Wish or something. You know why not? <laughs> <laughs> for real right, let, me, let me stop but um yeah you know let, let's get to you know because i think you know we had a we actually recorded for you guys uh uh right before this and i think you know we had a great conversation on comic books and movies and stuff but i want to talk about something i've addressed on this podcast before but because you two are more into that realm i think we can expand on this a little bit i was going to do something a little more as a warm-up question but you know Regardless, put down the pina coladas, the double cheeseburgers, and the beer, whatever you're doing, whether you're driving home from work or watching the kids. I want you to sit down and listen to this because we're going to get into the controversy right now. Facts. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Um, you know, amazing director. You know, as an actor, I've watched a lot of his stuff, and hopefully someday I get to work with him. But, you know, Quentin Tarantino has been known lately uh, to people's eyes as a very controversial figure and it's nothing crazy or criminal but his comments on superhero movies and you know for him he says this and he says that marvel actors aren't movie stars captain america isn't a star not chris hemsworth um and he goes on to talk about how he don't like superhero movies he feels like they have ruined the movie experience and also has ruined the that reputation of movie stars you know, when we think of Dwayne Rock Johnson, Tom Cruise, you know, those are movie stars, Brad Pitt. But he's saying that now Marvel actors aren't movie stars. Their characters that they're portraying are the stars in the movies. Um, so I, I, I want to start off. Um, uh, you know what? I go with you first, Garrett. Um, what? Let's let's do this first. Do you think when you go to the Marvel movie, when you watch uh, Ant Man, Avengers, do you care about the actors? You know, Chris. Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., or do you care about the characters that they play? Do you care about what movie Robert Downey Jr. is doing outside of, uh, you know, Iron Man, or do you only like his character? So <clears throat> that's a good question. I will say I like the actors themselves. Um, I'll, I'll start with this, though. I like the characters quite a lot because I grew up with a lot of comics and, um, you know, comic book collection, Captain America, Iron Man. 
Uh, we are getting in DC yet. We'll talk about that later. But for Marvel for right now, it's I, I have some history with those characters. So I love the way they were they were portrayed at first when the movies first started coming out. Loved the way they were portrayed. So that made me fall in love with not just the characters, but also love the actors. Um, so that is what introduced me to a lot of these actors. But outside of the Marvel movies, they've done so many good projects that I think get overshadowed by Marvel movies a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of those are like, you know, looking at Chris Evans, he's done like Snowpiercer. He was the Human Torch, which technically is still a Marvel movie, but not in that whole when that started um human torch snowpiercer uh gosh he's done so many more i can't even wrap my head around um robert downey jr with sherlock holmes like there there's a lot of movies that they've done outside of this universe that made me love them even more even though that this universe is the one that introduced me to them so it's a very give and take with i love the characters but i also love the actors um and i think they work hand in hand I think it has gotten a little out of hand um, as far as people almost seeing them more as their character than an actor. Um, that that has definitely overshadowed, I think, a lot of what they do because people these days, when they see Robert Downey Jr. in a movie, they don't go, oh, that's RDJ. They go, oh, that's the guy that played Iron Man. And <laughs> it, it's, it's almost a little sad because it's like, yes, that is what jump started a lot of his career he was in stuff previously but th that was like his one big break but it's like he's still a person <clears throat> who has done other projects who has stuff outside of that movie so referring to him as the guy who played iron man almost subtracts from other things he's done almost subtracts from his worth as an actor um and i think putting someone in that realm is very it's very dangerous territory because you almost downplay their worth so it's a very tricky situation how you feel how you feel about that javin uh so i'm i'm gonna have to disagree with quentin on this one and i'm gonna have to hop on on my best friend's train right now uh one example one great example is chris evans the guy who plays captain america my favorite portrayal of chris evans is in knives out and ryan johnson's knives out a, a fantastic film i hate the second one but the first one is amazing um the reason why i like that one is because it's it's basically a murder mystery and ryan johnson is really good at directing directing these uh directing you know those kinds of movies um and that's kind of why i feel like star wars didn't do so good but and Chris Evans' character, we're introduced to him as being, you know, the the cocky dude. Then we've seen him play that before, you know, the Human Torch, like that. He derived that, you know, to here. But he had a total 180 to his character when he was leaning closer to the end. And his portrayal as just being a straight, just a straight, like, asshole was so good and actually becoming the villain of the story and him actually like taking it in and actually like trying to eliminate the threat was like it was genius the way the way he actually portrayed himself to you know dive into that character to where i didn't see chris evans anymore 
And and I think this is the part where what Garrett was trying to get into it is that when you're in a big box office movie, like a superhero movie, no matter where whether it's Marvel or DC, if someone just sees superhero, you're automatically going to be connected to that character forever, no matter what you do. And I feel like that's that's a hard thing that not a lot of people understand is that once you actually take up the role, you're going to be that forever. Or even if you do something new on top of that, you're going to be both of those characters forever. Like people keep saying, why is the human torch in the Captain America suit? Like it's, it's going to be stuck with you. And I just feel like when it comes to, you know, these box office movies, I personally feel like it's great for the these actors to get these, you know, get these roles because not only is it recognition for them, big money, uh, maybe they'll 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 have fans like Garrett and I who actually want to look outside of the box of that, you know, superhero box. Um, so along with uh, what Quentin Tarantino said, I love his stuff so much. I'm a huge fan. I just feel like the actors and actresses that get hired for these movies uh especially with phase one through three i'm not gonna count for i feel like they actually got enough experienced actors to introduce new people and that's why i liked marvel is because it was an introduction to not just new actors and actresses but also new directors new producers and it was very diverse in terms of creation um so in terms of what Quentin said, I can't agree with him just because I know that there's people out there that's like Garrett and I when it comes to uh, actual actors and actresses work. And again, like even Brie Larson, I don't like her Captain Marvel, but I love the way she portrayed her character in Just Mercy. Like, it's so good. Like, she can do a country accent perfectly. Again, Just, Just Mercy, Michael B. Jordan movie, amazing. Um, so I think again, like what you were saying on, uh, on our podcast, it's the fans fault, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to, um, what they expect from a movie or what they expect going into a movie theater. So I feel like Quentin should be blaming the fans rather than the actual studio when it comes to, you know, the content that we watch for the actors and actresses. No, you're right. You make a good. Yeah, both make a good point. And you know, I will say, I do, I do understand where you're coming from. But you know, and after doing some research, you know, he's not the only one. And he talked about the marvelization of Hollywood. How you know, a lot of these actors are becoming famous playing the characters, and not so much as being famous for being actors. For instance, when you look at Denzel, Will Smith, they're famous because of their body of work, not because they play Thor. And Avengers, you know, and I think mm. you know Jennifer Aniston has said mm-hmm. that, and Anthony McKee, who plays Falcon, has said that. Um, even recently, um, I, I was saying on your podcast, but uh, Zoe Saldana, who plays Gamora, she's came out and said that you know, at first it was fun, but now she's hard, having a hard time finding work because now she's only known as the the girl who plays Gamora. And I think the problem is a lot of these actors, you know, a lot of times they get actors who aren't relatively popular. You know, they're not getting a Denzel who's famous already and putting him in the title role of an Avengers movie. But, you know, you take someone, you know, from Australia that America don't know, you put him as Thor, you know, it's going to be hard for people to separate him from, you know, when he plays, you know, a role in uh, on Netflix. Because you see a lot of these actors, unfortunately, they, they're doing a lot of stuff on Netflix or, 
you know, things on streaming platforms, and there's no disrespect to them. But it's a conversation I've had with with an acting buddy of mine who's been in Hollywood for a while, and it's like you know I've realized to be a Marvel actor is like the right now is the coolest thing in order to launch your career. Back then, yeah. doing Trinidad Day, Independent Day, uh, doing a, a Scarface, a Bronx Tale, uh, other cult classics that people even to this day know about. Those were those type of movies that launched you. But it seems like to me now, unless you become a Marvel actor or some type of you know name in a big superhero movie, um, it's harder for you to kind of find that movie star success. But even then, I'm 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 just I'm I'm just curious. I'm not saying I'm wrong. Everybody has different opinions, but I will say this. And before actually, I will say one of my favorite movies of Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Evans. Was actually a movie called Cellular. I don't know if you ever watched it, um, but it's a movie. He was like he was like a little younger than me, around our age uh, in his twenties, and he uh, he played a guy who uh, a lady was kidnapped and she called his phone by accident, and it was like a whole. Um, it was a it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it was really good. I actually like it. But you know he played Johnny Torch and other movies and stuff. So he had some success before that. Which is why him particularly, I would probably exclude from that, in a sense, because he already had a name before he became Captain America. But I will also say, his fame skyrocketed with Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. skyrocketed with Captain Mer- uh, with uh, Iron Man, and I think for a lot of them, there is a lot of people who look at them and say, you know, Tom Holland, for instance, that's Spider Man for a lot of people. That's Spider Man. He could be. Could be saving a, a a a dying girl. That's Spider Man, and it's not even related to a superhero movie. Um, but I I think for a lot of people they hold Marvel with such a high standard that it's not Marvel's fault. But I get why yeah I would say it's not the it's not Marvel's fault. It's the fans' fault because it is the fans who try to typecast them. But even then, as an actor who knows how this industry is, a lot of those actors do end up getting typecasted to the point where. You know, you only get cast in the roles that kind of mirror Iron Man, that kind uh, kind of uh, mirror Drax. You know, Batista has come out and said that uh, people call him Drax when he's not even he's doing like a drama role, right? But I, I'm just curious though. Do you think that aside from you two, um, do you think that a lot of people actually do care about the actors per, per se, or do you think they just care about the actual characters? Because I don't see a lot of people flocking to go see Robert Downey Robert Jr.'s new movie that's not related to Iron Man. I don't see a lot of people flocking to see, uh, you know, Tom Holland's new movie that isn't Spider-Man. Or do you think that it's just a, a narrative that some people like to push because they hate Marvel and they hate superhero movies? Um, so I, I would say when it comes to that kind of thing, <clears throat> I mean, like you you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Denzel. And a few other like Will Smith, stuff like that. When I think of Denzel, I think of, you know, Man on Fire, Equalizer, Book of Eli, that kind of stuff. His his real good movies that he's done. And he's known for his great roles in many movies. But when someone sees, you know, like you were talking about um, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, all that kind of stuff. It's it's almost to a point to where their fame skyrockets so much that anything that's put out that has their face on it immediately gets more popular. It immediately attracts more attention from people. Oh, that's the guy who plays Captain America. What movie is this? I want to go see it. Um, I think it, it 
attracts more attention, but it may not attract the kind of audience that that movie was made for, which is why some of the movies that they do have started getting lower ratings as time goes on, because they see a person relate them to a character they played in another role in this new movie, and it doesn't meet their expectation to the role that they put them in. And so I think that's very, like I said before, it's very dangerous territory to put an actor in because they, that's what, that's what actors do. They have a very wide variety, wide range of stuff they do and how they act. So if you put them in a box of here's what you are because of this one character you played, your view of them in other movies is going to be skewed immediately. So yeah. It's very, very dangerous to have that mindset of this is the character, which I think, honestly, unfortunately, a lot of people have done with Marvel. So um, uh, I'm going to have to jump uh, a little bit on that. Um, because here's the thing. I nowadays I have no faith in fans at all. And yeah, I do feel like, to be honest, it's true though it's because yeah now i feel like fans yes when they see robert Downey jr on a sherlock holmes cover they're gonna be like how does iron man play sherlock holmes not that people don't even know i bet you not a lot of people of his fans don't know his name i bet you all they know is that he's iron man he did blackface in one movie and he's all of a sudden sherlock holmes in another one that's all they know and i bet you it's because of tiktok too and that's the other thing is that like you can even look at the ratings for different movies that even let me throw in Andrew Garfield, Hackshaw Ridge, one of the greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. No one knows what that is. <laughs> I don't I've never even heard of it. It's such you a good movie. I mean? It's such it's such an intense, emotional, heart-tugging movie. <clears throat> and even Andrew Garfield doing different plays, even with um, he did one with uh Wow, I really can't remember her name right now. But he did a really nice play that was that was really good. And but it sucks just because as soon as they see his face, they're like, "Oh, how does how does Spider Man do do this?" And he plays a totally you know flip side, different kind of character from Spider Man, different accent, of course, different everything. Um, yeah, and and I fully blame the fans. Yes, fans are going to see Uncharted to see Spider Man try to be nathan drake you know what i mean uh people want uh are going to see um captain america try to be a, a villain in knives out it, it it just sucks because i feel like with marvel studios when they were just trying to start out with iron man they weren't trying to make it as big or weren't trying to make it as big as as it is now because they were an uh, independent company they were even signed on to like Paramount, which wasn't even that huge. Like Paramount was, you know, putting out some good movies here and there. Um, and obviously Disney is always a gold mine. But yeah, Marvel just wanted to put out some fun, cool superhero movies. And if you were casting on it, cool. Like it was just something to get money off of and just enjoy to do. And it turned into this mega empire because the fans loved it so much, because they gave it the attention. Uh and the the hype, which I feel like is rightfully deserved with what they put out, but it also comes with consequences. The actors and actresses are going to suffer because I feel like fans are so close-minded. Um, they don't want to see a 
different portrayal of the character. And I'm glad that you brought up Zoe Saldana because she played a character that I really love in this uh, Netflix show. It's about her falling in love with an Italian dude and how she, you know, lives on through that. And it's so beautiful, like seeing that kind of story. I've never seen her in a state like that of uh, going through all kinds of emotions in that show because her her uh, her husband uh, they all of a sudden they can't, they have to adopt because they can't have their own child and then on top of that her her um, her husband ha- is ill and he can't walk he has cancer and uh, seeing her in her happy moments and her sad moments and the moments in between like these are the things that make an actor and an actress um, when you go through different emotional journeys and fans just aren't just don't want to see that <laughs> nowadays <laughs> you don't you right. don't see people actually go for story you, like you said in the other one they just want to see michael bay everything <laughs> so yeah. it it it, it kind of just sucks now just because i feel like it's strictly the fans fault the actors and actresses that jump on are geniuses they are just not giving getting the love and i feel like the attention that they deserve being an actor and actress. That's hundred percent beautifully said. Now, before we continue, we're going to take a little break because Zoe Zaldana actually called me because she heard me talking about her on the podcast and she got some words. Uh, but we're going to take a, just a, a little short break and I want to continue this, but I want to leave this conversation because I do want to get into the Marvel versus DC thing because so often you know, rivals is is just a, a a tried and true thing. You know, from WWE to, to to any sport, everything has a rival. And when it comes to superhero movies, there's no two bigger entities than uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, DC. So I think it's about time we had that conversation. We'll be right back, and we're going to continue this conversation. You know what? I decided. I just got off the phone with Zoe Saldana, and I, you know, I decided let's do, let's have a little fun. So before we get into the next topic, I wanted because I I want to do some justice for you too. So as two people who love superhero movies and stuff, I want to have fun with this. So as we know, superhero movies has been dominating the the, the box office, right? So I'm gonna do mm-hmm. something. Over the, since 2010, I think Iron Man one came out. That was like the start of the superhero movie boom. But even then, let's include Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Blade, and all that stuff. I'll start with you, Gary, first. Uh, choose your favorite superhero movie and your and the worst one, you think. It could be Marvel or DC. But choose your favorite and the worst that you... Mm. you oh, that is a loaded yeah. question. Um, All right. <clears throat> let's see. I think when it comes to my favorites... I'm going to start with favorite. When it comes to my favorite superhero I'm movie, anyone. oh, someone's going to be triggered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think when it comes to my favorite superhero movie, and when I say favorite, I mean the one I got the most enjoyment out of that I will go back and watch over and over. Um, I hate to do this, but it's a tie between two of them because they're both like my babies. Go I can't on. pick. Go on. The first one is Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because it's, okay. in my opinion, it's the best version of a spy movie that Marvel has ever done. I love yes. spy movies. I agree. I um, agree. I agree. And and the the mystery 
and the betrayal of shield um the stealth suit and the combat experience of captain america in that movie this twist with bucky and winter soldier if you didn't read the comics beforehand that was shocking um it was just such a well-made well-rounded movie with a good twist here and there's a bunch of twists that it was oh perfect like spy movie in my opinion um the second one that's tied with it kind of plays off of nostalgia, but in my opinion, it's also a very well-made movie is Spider-Man No Way Home because it brings in all three of my childhood Spider-Men from childhood up to Tom Holland. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that's just a fan service movie. The thing about it is they did fan service, but they did it right because they did it while giving us a very impactful emotional story and they blended emotional story and nostalgia so well together that and i'm talking about the extended edition here too there are certain scenes that i mean if you would have told me five years ago we would have gotten from spider-man i would have lost my mind um so i think those two and i know they're both marvel but dc has put out such oh man it goes from top to bottom as far as good to bad um and marvel has kind of been pretty steady on the good until we hit phase four we're not going to talk about that um (laughs) but (laughs) it's um i would say the mix between those two are my favorite superhero movies i could watch those over and over and over and i wouldn't get sick of them um when it comes to my least favorite uh the worst superhero movie oh be honest dude i'll tell you what can we can we switch off have jabin go with his favorite and then i'll say my worst and he says his worst because i need a minute yeah all right so okay i'm sorry i'm gonna have to pick two as well (laughs) (laughs) okay but okay but, but here's my thing yes captain america the winter soldier definitely one of my top favorites but here's why not only is it a fantastic spy movie I hate Captain America in the comic books. I've said it so many times. He, in my opinion, he's annoying. I, I can't take him. This movie, as soon as he kicked that dude off the boat, I said, oh, this is different. I was like, wait a second. I'm sorry. Wait a second. And then if, if you if you know if you watch our podcast, you'll know, you know, my even my grandparents' reactions towards the movie because they were insane. Um, so yeah, go watch it to see my full reaction on that movie. Um, but it has perfect pacing, and I mean perfect. There's nothing wrong, nothing is too fast, nothing is too slow. You're following the characters at the exact amount of it's just ah, the pacing is perfect. You're not bored and you're not you're not like steadily going through stuff. Um, and introduces like so many new new characters, and it's still a good movie. Like that's how you introduce people. This is how you make a good movie. And my second one is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. There, there's so much I can say about this movie that just makes me fall in love with it over again. I'm actually about to cry about it just because it's such. It's like I've never seen a movie like this. The animation never done before. The voice acting incredible with the amount of detail that they put uh, with the voice acting. 
the most stupid, just the most stupidest people voice acting too, like John Mulaney playing uh, Peter Porker was phenomenal. Uh, shoot, Spider-Man Noir with Nicolas Cage, amazing. They, it's just a great movie. And that pacing as well is fantastic. And the way they make you fall in love with Miles so quick, he's just a, just a middle school kid just making just feeling like he's that he's going to elite a school and he wants to go back to his people like it like it you know in public school and just the just that dynamic of him trying to see who is like what his expectations for himself are you know what i mean because there's other people giving him expectations but he needs to set his own and this is a perfect representation of character development this is the only thing that i look for in movies and tv shows character development <laughs> that's the only thing <laughs> everything else be down just character development give it to me and then i could talk about you know the lower stuff you know all the spider-man cool stuff or whatever but just in terms of stories those have the most narrative impact close to me so captain america winter soldier into the spider-verse cannot go wrong 100 out of 10 movies Mm -hmm. so when it comes to worst um <laughs> so I can I'm, already, <laughs> I'm gonna say worst because i i'm gonna say worst because there's this mm, disappointment is the word i'm wait, gonna wait, use wait, wait am i gonna hate you after this is it like that no okay 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 i hope not because um, you know you know which movies not. i want you i don't want you to say yeah well there okay. is one i'm gonna say and no. I, don't, I don't I don't know if it's from our conversation, but don't, don't. so the one I'm going to say is because I was so disappointed in the potential it had. And that is uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League. Oh, yeah. No, I was definitely. thinking that, too. I was thinking I, that, too. So yeah. here's the thing. DC was very, very hit or miss when it came to the movies. I was honestly a fan of Batman v Superman. I liked that movie a lot. Um, not the portrayal of the bad guy. Point being, I thought the movie overall was very good. So I was like, Justice League, my favorite superhero of all time is the Flash. I am a Flash nerd. Um, so I was like, yes, we we get an iteration of the Flash that is like movie-based now, because we were such a big fan of Grant Gustin's TV show version. And I saw the trailer, I got hyped. I knew Zack Snyder was directing it. Great great director. Um, and then once I found out Joss Whedon took over because of some family matters Zack Snyder had, it was like, mm. okay, like I'm kind of excited. He's done good Marvel stuff. Let's see. And what they came out with was the worst blend of comedy slash trying to be dark and worst CGI I think I've ever seen. Mm. Um, I mean, heck, bring out the henry cavill mustache mistake if you have to like <laughs> like that on top of some of the scenes with cyborg it felt like it was a serious dc plot trying to be a marvel funny movie and it it hurt because i could see the potential that it had and what Zack snyder was trying to make which is why i love Zack snyder's cut of justice league so much um because I saw what he was trying to make and how it just got twisted hurt so bad. So that's, that's my worst. Um, no, I'm, no go ahead, please. 
You know, before you go, I just want to say, I was actually thinking about that. It, it pains me as someone who still watches DC stuff to this day. I'll admit, I think the animation's way better than the movies, but just watching that first Justice League movie before the Zack Snyder cut came out, I I, I felt betrayed like a slap in the face. I, I just felt like DC, if they doing it to the biggest stars of their of their universe, Superman, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and they can't do them justice. They can't do anybody justice. But I I I had I just have to say that because I was discussing when I saw that. But go ahead, uh, Javin, what what is your worst? Nah, bro. I'm uh, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm jumping on the bad bike with Justice League because this is oh, a perfect. No. <laughs> no, but I I can't because because every every other movie I I can I could have an explanation of why it is like that. Like for example, right. like a lot of people hate on like the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I gotta be honest, I love that iteration of Daredevil. I love the way they portray his powers. If I'm being honest, like that's one thing I really loved. And John Favreau was an amazing uh, amazing side character too. Uh, people hate on Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. That's actually one of my favorite DC movies of all time, and. Yeah, another hot take, and not, and people hate that, and I love that movie. So I'm one of those, one of those people that kind of takes you know movies out the trash and be like, you know what, I can appreciate this. Justice League has no excuses, uh, but it's not even coming from Josh Whedon's point of view. I, I actually feel bad for him. I'm just mad at the studios for thinking that they can just hire a really good director. Because the reason why they hired Joss Whedon for a team-up movie is guess what he directed in Marvel? The first two Avengers. He did the right. 2012, which huge, like changed everything. Like that, he knew how to make a, a Avengers movie. And he continued it on with Age of Ultron, which was another banger. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, of course, Warner Brothers is going to be like, hey, team up movie, just we did. You know what I mean? Um, right. But this shows you that you can't just hire someone off a whim just because of what they did. You need to actually understand the original director's vision for mm -hmm. not just the movie, but the franchise in general. Because as we see for Zack Schneider's cut, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, he had to re-put in there that was original, but there was a lot of new stuff that he wanted to put in there just so that people can see what he was thinking about for the next projects. Because that that nightmare scene that we saw with the yeah. Jared Leto's Joker and all that, that wasn't going to be in there. He put that in there with Deathstroke and all that just to show us what was going to happen, you know, if if they continued the Zack Snyderverse. Martian Manhunter him up being in there like actually showing him now and him being uh being the mom for a second or whatever being martha for a second all that that wasn't supposed to happen but he put that in there just because that was his vision for the franchise and that's why i'm mad at warner brothers because they could have they could have not only just halted the movie and said stop hold on or talk to zach Snyder to be like hey i know you're going through this i'm really sorry about it i know so and so died we just need someone who is is like you just so that we can actually get this vision across. We still need you somehow. Uh, just either leave Justice League alone or actually try to reason with Zack Schneider to get, to get that movie out. Because now they're not going to continue it. So yeah, Justice League ruined 
the DCEU because I was following the DCEU, if I'm being honest. The only movie that I didn't like of theirs was uh, Wonder Woman 84. That was the Oh, only that was one. awful. Yeah. Uh, under, other than that, it, my dad tried to say that one. He was like, "Yeah, it's supposed to be an '80s, you know, courting movie." I'm like, "No, <laughs> but <laughs> no." It's 2022, Bob. <laughs> right? Come on, get on the bandwagon. But you don't uh, do cheetah that no. dirty and then get away with it. That's what <laughs> I was saying. Because I was scared of her in the comic books and in yeah. the video games. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" But yeah, I was following the DCEU. I loved almost every single thing that they put out. Um, especially Man of Steel. It has. That that movie has That's such a big place mm-hmm. in my heart. That that is my all time favorite. You can't take Man of Steel out of me. Like that actually got me into that the portrayal the, the portrayal of General Zod. Oh yeah, Michael Shannon killed it. Need I say more? Like, <laughs> need yeah. I say more? <laughs> so I just put that out there. Yeah, Justice League ruined the DCEU for me, and that's huge, dude. Man, you know, it's crazy because this actually all leads into the topic I actually want to talk about. I did, did not expect you both to agree on Justice League, but this also leads <laughs> to the next topic. You know, we talked about this a little briefly, but this is the first time I'm at where I'm actually going to sit down and talk. Like I said, I'm a big DC guy, even to this day. I don't watch it as much, but I still watch all the animation stuff. I still watch Justice League Unlimited. I know. But yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Class all time classic. But I, I I can't help but feel DC has just been lacking so much behind Marvel. And I I see why. I understand why. I mean, when you talk about Justice League, Black Adam and all that stuff, they just have no cohesion at all. And I wanted to ask you, um, why do you think DC um can't compete with Marvel? Why they haven't been able to match Marvel's success? Do you think it's because they don't have the same formula as Marvel where they keep the same directors and a lot of directors' visions to shine through? Do you feel like it's wrong casting? Do you feel like they just rush product, um, rush films and, and try to rush productions without much storylines? Um, what do you think? Do you think that... Um, how do you feel about that? And do you think there is a chance that DC can become the true rival that many people want them to be towards Marvel. So I do think that's very possible. Um, I think the reason they haven't been succeeding, because like you said, their animation and their cartoons and I mean, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, um, I could keep going, you know, Son of Batman, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like great movies, great animated. I mean, I still watch those to this day. I'll I'll rewatch them. Because they're just so good. Um, and I think DC had and has a very good formula when it comes to animation. When it comes to live action superheroes competing with Marvel, I think DC saw what Marvel did and was doing in like 2010, 2011, 2012. And were like, that works. Let's try and do that. And they started to go that way with their live action. Like we said, we all agree a Man of Steel is amazing. But the more it went on, the more they saw, oh, maybe we should try and incorporate this. And it almost started to morph into a version of Marvel. But that's not what DC is. DC is a much wider universe. It has Mm -hmm. much more, in my opinion, much more potential because you have superheroes who are much more more well-known. Even though Marvel is super successful, if you put 
an Iron Man chest logo and a Superman logo next to each other, people are going to recognize Superman 10 out of 10 times. Well, maybe not so much with Iron Man. So I think mm. they haven't been as successful because they have tried to follow in Marvel's footsteps when that's not what they need to do. They need to create their own footsteps to go, hey, we're a competitor with superheroes, but we're doing something different. They should take Marvel's failure with Phase 4. And yes, I'm going to say Phase 4 was mostly a failure. Um, I'm going to say they should see that and go, okay, we see what not to do now. Let's do the opposite. And let's let's create our own thing, our own formula. And I think there's the potential for that. I mean, they just came out with the trailer for a movie called Blue Beetle. Mm. Um, So Blue Beetle is... Oh my gosh, he's one of mine and Jabin's favorite DC superheroes. He's in my top five at least. Um, but the the actor they got to play him, amazing actor from Cobra Kai. Um, the the story plot line that they they changed it from the comics to actually be different in a good way, it seems, from the trailer at least. Yeah. Um, and then the portrayal of just the superpowers and the tone of the movie is something we have not seen for a a while. I was telling Javen, it's almost like from the trailer, a mix, but if someone took the first Iron Man formula and mixed in Power Rangers with it, which sounds like the weirdest combination, (laughs) but if you watch the trailer, it works so well. Um, So I really have high hopes for it, not skyrocketing hopes because I don't want to be disappointed, but I have a little bit of hope for it. And if they can build off of Blue Beetle to make that formula rise up with James Gunn's new DC and the projects they already have planned, I think that there is potential to be a rival there. Um, Coming from someone who was introduced with the comics and animated stuff first, so my, my two, my like rivals growing up, were in terms of animations because in the TV shows when I was younger we would watch the TV shows and the movies the the ones that always competed were the 90s X-Men and uh the uh Justice League back back when I was like way younger so like we would always you know watch those back to back and then after that it would be the the old school Spider-Man show with um with the uh which one was it i think it was the the green lantern uh uh uh, the manhunter show that that was pretty good and so but then my dad he showed me these these two comic uh the these two comic books he was like hey javen guess what i was like what they're like he said you know there's a time dc and marvel actually collab right i was like wait what he was like yeah and then i read through that story not the greatest story, but I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it was so cool seeing both sides of the coin being able to save the multiverse in this way, just collabing in this in this cool way. Like even the writers and the, and the, uh, and the artists from Marvel and DC collab together to make this, you know, try to make this a reality. Um, and my thing is, is that so far, Marvel and DC are always butting heads. But it's so funny because you can see that the DC fandom um are like are like Dodgers fans. Like they will kill someone if they if they see like a like a red shirt in their in their side, you know, the Dodgers side, they're like, <laughs> oh no, you're done. 
out. That that that's how that's how DC is. It's so funny. And even like Zack Snyder himself, he was even like in the in the panel. He was like, "F Marvel." Everyone's going, "Ah!" You know what I mean? Right. And I just <laughs> feel like if we come at it that way, then we're not going to make any progress. And since I've seen, not a lot of people know, it's so weird. Since I've seen Jubilee and Robin hook up, anything is possible. You know what I mean? Like I've seen an egg, I've seen a mutant kiss Batman's like protege. Like that doesn't get out of your head. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to get that out. So yes, I do feel like DC can be a fantastic rival. I do, I know that they're gonna make a comeback. I just feel like we shouldn't be good. Well, yeah, fans shouldn't be going at it with DC Marvel, like like fighting or whatnot. I feel like it should be this is a good um opportunity to mix everything not everything together but actually make a collab and lift each other you know one by one because i feel like marvel they're falling off and dc i feel like they're gonna rise up again because there's some stuff recently that they came out that was fantastic the peacemaker show it was great um zach snyder's justice league that was fantastic uh uh, Suicide Squad was even good. The newer one was fantastic. That put me, you know, in the whoa, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Whoa, 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 surprise, surprise, intense. Oh, that was hilarious. You know what I mean? It gave me those, you know, that DC feeling back. I just feel like DC needs to get themselves right first because there's one, there's one uh story that holds dear to my heart, and this is why I fell in love with DC. I have it hung up in my game room right now. The the one comic book and animated movie of all time, Flashpoint Paradox. If you can get that movie correct, or if you can get get that storyline correct, I know that you'll be okay. Because that's one of the most complicated, one of the most emotional, and one of the most scientifical, and one of the most political parts of all of dc because you got time travel ain't nobody know about time travel except for the people that actually read about it then you got the whole world being different because of one decision then you got the one decision being the hardest decision you ever had to make and eventually what are you going to do about that decision and there's only been two times that that have worked is uh with the comic book and the and the movie and in grant gustin's tv show i think it worked but if you can get that one story right, then you're good. Hats off to you. And that's exactly what we're going to see DC do in June because they're doing the Flashpoint thing. So I'm like, okay, if you get it right, then I give all my support to you. But if you don't, I'm done. So, yeah, I I have high hopes for DC. I know they're going to they're gonna build up on it. They just need to get themselves right. And I feel like this is a good way of getting to it because I think James Gunn realizes it. A lot of people don't have a lot of faith in him, but I, I feel like he does. But Marvel, I don't know what can fix them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know. Let me say this. I, I think, and this is coming from someone who's loved DC uh, since I was a little kid. I think DC's problem is, like you said, Javin, they're trying to outpace Marvel in terms of product. But the problem is Marvel took the time to build up all their characters. And it's funny because Gary mentioned this too. When you think about Superman, Iron Man has nothing against Superman. Captain America has nothing against Superman. His name alone is bigger than everybody in the Avengers movie alone. 
but yet his movies don't do nearly as good. And I think one of my problems with DC, and I, I have to commend Marvel, even if Phase 4 stink and it's smelling up the joint, they have people in place who direct their movies and they honor them. For instance, you know, Kevin Faye, we all know he produces all the movies, but you know, when you look at Wonder Woman, uh, not Wonder Woman, but when you think of Iron Man, there's one specific director. When you think of Thor, there's one specific director. When you think of uh, Hawkeye, there's a, a specific director. You don't have eight different directors doing one Iron Man movie and then another set of directors doing Iron Man 2. Mm. They allow the directors to you know show their vision, which is why Zack Snyder's cut was way better than Josh Whedon's because... They he was able to finally allow people to see his work, and I think so often, and I get it from a business standpoint, but from a creative and uh, you know, audience standpoint, too. You know, I think DC is afraid to allow directors to use their creative control and put out their vision, and that's why a lot of times a lot of these directors don't want to do superhero movies no more, and they they kind of <laughs> just stop doing it because. I've heard I've heard from a few directors in DC. They came out movies. I uh, came out interviews and said they don't want to do superhero movies no more because they have a vision. They do all this work, and then the heads of the studio say, eh, "You know what? We want to do this way instead." And it's like, "What? Well, wait? You know, I think my vision is going to be a lot better." But because the the executives don't allow them to do that, which Marvel uh, executives allow them to do that, which is why you know Thor Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder as much as that movie stunk, but it was a Chris Hemsworth and uh, what what is the director's name for for um Taika Waititi, Taika, yeah, I mean they allowed Taika and and Chris Hemsworth to buddy up together and create their own products. Uh, the last two Thor movies with them two collaborating collaborating with each other and Marvel trusts them to do that. DC it just seems like. They had to have the final say, and that's why the products have been suffering. I, I, I truly feel like this new era, and I actually is gonna lead to my next question. Um might it might I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna be a little reserved, I'm gonna have my little guard up because I don't know what's gonna happen, but I think having um a, a new change, a new regime, and James Gunn come over and really take reins and control, I think might be a good thing. So let me ask you, because I know a lot of people when they heard about James Gunn crossing over to DC and they heard about the Henry uh, Henry Cavill drama and him no longer being Superman, uh, a lot of people was taken aback, didn't like it. They was like, eh, we're not a huge fan. But what do you think? Do you think James Gunn could be the catalyst to hope the new Superman uh, for DC that could come to save the day? I think it's possible um, because James Gunn has done a lot of really good and a lot of really bad movies. So he, I wouldn't say he has a reputation for anything specific. I think he has a specific style. Um, I don't know if that's going to work with DC yet. I, I wish I had some kind of precursor to that, but James Gunn's style um, I really am going to have to see how Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is. I actually have high hopes for that movie just because I think they're going to take it in a more serious, more emotional direction than they did the previous ones because the previous ones were fun, light kind of thing. 
So I'm excited to see what he does with the new Guardians movie, because if he takes that in a darker way and actually shows how serious things can be, then I think that he has potential to do DC right. I'm not saying DC has to always be dark. That's not what I'm saying. They're like Blue Beetle seems like it's going to be a little lighter. What I'm saying is if you do these characters justice in their comic book counterparts, as well as in their um in a new original story, um, either that or retelling of a comic story, I think he has the potential. I just it's 50-50 for me because he has yeah. to do it right. Um, I'm not saying there's one specific right way to do it, but you have to take these characters and put them in a way that they are able to be familiar characters that everyone knows, but in a new light to where it's entertaining to watch and you want to follow their story. That's the difference. People wanted to follow the Avengers. They wanted to follow Captain America and what he does next. No one really had that feeling after something like the Justice League, at least Joss Whedon's one. No one wanted to go, oh, what happens next? It's just, oh, that was a good Justice League movie. So if he can add that factor of interest and can you keep our attention in the way that we're not being hogs of content, but it's something we want to go to the movie theater and pay to see, oh, what, like, oh, what does this team up? What, what happens next? What's the villain going to do? If you can give us that anticipation and fulfill it, then he he can do it. I'm going to have to disagree with you, man. That's so weird of me saying that. Because um, we, we agree on almost everything. That's so weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that, man. He's proved himself again, and that's why I say that, yeah, I do believe he does have the potential, but I, think, I don't think it's 50-50. I think it's more like 80-20, if I'm being honest. 80 being, you know, he's going to do it. Just because, think back to the first Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, it's a hilarious movie, but there are some really dark moments in there. And he even pointed out a lot of stuff in terms of uh, Peter Quill's heritage. And we find that out in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And he gives us more of that backstory. And he gave us a really emotional, impact, impactful story. Yeah, again, it was hilarious. But it wasn't just about Peter Quill and his dad. It was about the guardians trying to come together as a family still because they're still new at this you know what i mean even though they did all these jobs or whatever it was only like what five months and they're they're still trying to build together as a family because rocket and peter all of a sudden have beef and and you see them try to get together and rocket's like you know what i need to say my friend even though it's his father like it's it's different stuff and i feel like he gave me that anticipation in the first movie of me trying to figure out what, who is Peter Quill's dad? You know what I mean? Like, who is he in this universe? And his portrayal of every character that led up in the Guardians of the Galaxy has been amazing. Now, in what I would like to call his uh, his uh, his interview into DC with it being Suicide Squad, that's what gave me the hope is that he understands where each and every character uh is supposed to be because if you look at the first Suicide Squad, we we can all agree it's out of trash, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Just and, about. and we all and we all know why it's out of trash, right? He saw that and he said, "You know what? Let's do it right this time." 
And it's so cool the way he did it because he didn't like push it away and say, oh, that one was bad. Like other movies do like, oh, I don't know why you did that. Like, you know, retcon. He didn't retcon it. He built off of it and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to make this better. But for the fans and he did it with chef's kiss. And that's why I have hope for him. And then him making the show uh, Peacemaker, again, made me want to see more and see more not only of Peacemaker, but of the Justice League because they showed up. Like, hey, is the Peacemaker ever going to team up with the Justice League that we know? So I know that he has those factors. He's he's seen it in place. He's done it. Like you said, he just needs to do it right. I personally feel like he's done it right, but I feel like he already proved himself just because of what uh, what he's done in both Marvel and DC. I personally can't wait to see it. The Henry Cavill situation, I don't like it. He he was my Superman, but I am willing to have wiggle room to you know have somebody new. But no, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. It's like an eighty twenty for me. I actually feel like he's definitely gonna do it. You know, I I gotta say uh, first before I even say anything, Javin, uh, be careful mentioning uh, Suicide Squad because we all know. Will Smith got that right hand, so just be a little careful with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just be, be careful, man. This may not be the Oscars, but just be a little careful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll ask Netflix for a special. It'll be over in a year. It's okay. Uh, just keep keep getting his name out of your mouth, and you'll be fine. Um. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I gotta say, I I do like James Gunn. For me, the only reason that I don't know is because when I watch Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they're not meant to be. Marvel doesn't treat them like they treat, you know, like a Thor or you know, a Spider Man. They're not the. They don't look at them as like the cash cows of the of the universe per se even dr mm. strange get way better more uh, way better treatment than them and i think james gunn is a very maybe just for those movies but he played those movies more of in a silly goosey way and just for me i don't want d uh ju- i don't want dc going down going down that road too much because i already started seeing the little quirks of it in justice league with the flash and i get the flash supposed to be a playful character but let's not also remember flash could kill and I'm just, you know, just speaking in terms, but Flash is so powerful. He could kill anybody, really. But, you know, even Superman, if he if he really tried. So I, I say that I hope with James Gunn's insight and influence, it does. It, it seems to me DC is starting to realize the error of their ways. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in a year or two if they're like, eh, you know what, we miss having control of our products. All right, James Gunn, it's been real. We'll let you, you know, pick certain things and do certain things, but we're <laughs> going to make the final choice. Then they're going to be right back to square one. So I, I'm not, it's not so much about James Gunn, although I hope his style of directing, he's able to either bring people in like the Russo brothers who did an incredible job on Avengers movies. I think that's mm. what DC needs, mm-hmm. a blend of fun, but seriousness overtones. It can't just be a black, you know, dark and gloomy film you know that's not gotham city you know it's not supposed to be a gotham city the whole movie um so i yeah i, I think james gunn's reign is i i think it's a good thing i ultimately as long as dc gives him the reins to actually make decisions 
I think it'll be a fantastic thing. But one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like what happened with James Gunn is because of Henry Cavill. Henry, uh, you know, Cavill. I always say his last name wrong. But fantastic I like the way you Superman. said it, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See? It's the charismatic way. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Cavill. <laughs> Cavill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I hope you don't hear this. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But I, I will say, like, I I was sad to see him go because I actually do like him. But one of the reasons why I do think James gonna let him go, I think it was a combination in the studios. Um, I think that it was just too much conflict with him and them. And I think also on two that Henry Cavill is already 40 years old, if not turning 40. So realistically for him, although he is in great shape and everything, realistically, how many more Superman films could he realistically do? Um, keeping up his physique, his eating regimen. You know, Hugh Jackman has came out multiple times and he's actually coming out in Deadpool as Wolverine again. But even for him, he's taking long stretches in between Wolverine Floating in between retiring and not coming back because of the toll it took on his body, you know, as he got older. Now, Harry Carrillo's still re- relatively young. I'm not calling him old at all, but I think James Gunn's idea of longevity, and we're seeing it what Marvel is doing it now, where they used to cast more veteran actors, meaning actors in the 30, 35 and up, because they thought they could trust them more. But now we're seeing young, uh, you know, people our age, younger. Um, superhero types. They don't. They're not just casting the older statesmen anymore. Um, so, with that being said, how do you feel about James Gunn releasing um, Henry Cavill? Do you think that was a bad move or a smart move? Oh man. Um, you see, it's difficult because we have no, we have no news about where it's going. The only yeah. news we have about where it's going is that. Superman's going to be younger. I think he's going to be in his mid-20s, late-20s or something like that. Yeah. And it's going to be a version of an origin story. And that's really all the news we've gotten. But that's why it's a toss-up. Because if they get like a good actor who, whether well-known or not, someone who can act well and has that sense, that same sense of justice, but also threatening ambiance that Henry <clears throat> Henry Cavill has in a lot of his movies, if they can nail that feeling of he's a protector, but if you're a bad guy, holy crap, be scared. Like if they can nail that feeling with an actor, then they, they've got their Superman. And that obviously coincides with a good story. But when it comes to actors specifically, I think the way they introduced Henry Cavill in Man of Steel was fantastic. But you got to think that was what, 10 years ago now? Right. So at that point, he was a good bit younger. Jabin just got flabbergasted about that. Um, But that was 10 years ago now. So it's like, all right, it was amazing. But I like your take on it because it was like he's getting older. And Superman really only is an older Superman in one or two storylines. And that's not the direction they were really going. So you're either going to kill him off permanently, which you can't really do with Superman, especially in the beginning of a franchise. You can't just kill off Superman early. So I think the recasting was necessary, 
but also very sad to see him go because he is one of, if not my favorite portrayal of Superman. So I'm excited to see where it goes. This is my 80, 20, my 20 is man, I'm going to miss him. But my 80 is if you get a good actor that plays it well, I'm not going to be that upset. I agree. I'm I'm on I'm on the 820 as well with him. If if you're right, then great. As a fan, I hate that you know James Gunn let him go. Um, because that took a lot of he took a lot of my preteen teenager years. You know what I mean? So like that was my how my dad looks at Christopher Reeve is how I looked at Henry Cavill looking at these movies. You know what I mean? So yeah, seeing him go, it sucks. But like you said, from a logical business standpoint, it makes a whole bunch of sense. And that's why it's it sucks, just because it makes sense. And I can't really argue about it. Um, we're just going to have to deal with it and see what James Gunn, James Gunn has for us and just hope for the best, to be honest. Like, we're kind of just in the dark <laughs> at this point. Yeah. It's sad. You know, I think a lot of the frustration is not so much on James Gunn actually letting Henry Cavill... Uh, Cavill go, I think it's the sad part about how much time they wasted without doing more movies with him. Because 10 years and only one movie, and the last movie they did for him, it stunk up the joint, and nobody really wanted to watch it. I think that's the problem. They wasted Henry. Henry Cavill, honestly, probably could have surpassed Christopher Reeve, and I know a lot of people, I hold uh, Christopher Reeve dear my heart, but there was something about him as Superman that I felt like could have put a stamp as one of the best, if not the greatest Superman portrayals, but DC and their, I don't know what they were planning and their politics and stuff, but because they didn't have a direction and focus, they wasted the prime and potential of Henry Cavill to build a franchise. I'm, I'm flabbergasted because if they would have continued the success of Man of Steel and allowed that to continue to grow, they would be in a so much better place now than they are, you know. But they because they were so misaligned and they had no cohesion, you know, they let Superman sit on the sidelines for how many years? And you're talking about the biggest name in your in your universe, you know. And um, I just hope that you know with James Gunn, I I really think that his new era, um, might be a good thing. Although I'm I'm actually curious about Ezra Miller as the Flash. Or with all his legal troubles, I don't know what they're gonna do with that because if he if they have to drop him, that's gonna be another problem. They're gonna have to work out on themselves. But I will say so far the Batman with uh, Edward Cullen. Uh, I, 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 what, what is his name? Um, Michael Keaton. No. Yeah. No. 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 no, no Ed, Edward Cullen. Uh, the Batman. The Batman. Oh. Yeah, the one. Oh. Robert Patterson. Uh, Patterson. Yeah. yeah. He actually did a good job. I think that could be a start. The problem with me is I don't know if they plan on using... I don't know if they plan on doing like a multiverse like they're doing with Doctor Strange and, and Marvel and Spider-Man and all that stuff. Or is the Batman going to be a standalone thing? And then it, when they do the Justice League and stuff, they're going to have a different Batman. Because I, I I don't know I don't know what the dynamic is. I think they still got to work on everything. But in my eyes, if James Gunn can take a little advice, I would say one of the problems why Justice League sucked 
was the pacing, but it's also how rushed it was. They didn't allow people to to flush. They didn't flush out Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Cyborg. They didn't give all of them standalone film to make people invested in them. They just know that people know about these characters and say, okay, well, you know, they already know them, so let's just throw them all together. But it has to be a little more cohesion than that. No team just forms out of nowhere. It has to be some type of base that, or foundation. Then I think they should leave Justice League alone, scratch it, let people forget about it because it stunk anyway. And maybe in like 10 years, maybe, and that's being generous, maybe in 10 years do a, a Justice League movie when they've had multiple movie, multiple movies for Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, um, The Flash, um, and then even Martian Manhunter. How is he not in the Justice League? But, you know, uh, one final thing, though. I, I, I got to ask you, because this is something I've seen on Reddit. I've seen on Twitter. I've seen on social media. It's the most ridiculous question I'm going to ask you today. But I got to ask, why do people assume that Batman could be anybody with preparation? I got to ask you, do you think that Batman is one of the most overrated uh, I, I mean, in terms of popularity, but do you think this whole notion that if you give Batman enough time, he could be Superman, Thanos, and everybody? Uh, I, I, I just have to get your take on that. Since you, you been Garrett, you better hold me back. I'm gonna get on his butt right now. I'm about <laughs> to get on his butt right now. You don't understand so, how much so, I love Batman, bro. So me and Javen are gonna disagree here. Um, but I do think he's overhyped. Um, I, 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 I love. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love Batman. Don't get me wrong. Love Batman. But, and and I see why people think that. Because in the old school cartoons, he had a contingency plan for every Justice League member. He had a contingency plan in case they went off the rails to either kill them or defeat them. Mostly just defeat. But I, I get that. And he is one of the smartest people in the DC universe. So, I do think he can beat a lot of people with prep time because he is so smart and resourceful because he has the money for it. Do I think that he, if, if he went up against someone like Thanos or Darkseid alone, but like hand-to-hand -hand combat, because I know in the, the cartoons and in the comics, he has talked him down and dodged his Omega beams, all that. But I think if they had like bloodlust on him and were like, okay, this guy needs to die, he's still human. So right. I, I think that he is, he's very good. If you give him a lot of prep time, he could beat a lot of people, but he's not invincible to the point to where if someone really wanted to kill him, they could. Well, here's, here's a scary thing about Batman that not a lot of people are realizing. He doesn't care if he dies. How can you take down a person if they don't care about death? And that's one thing that separates any character when they're like that. And I feel like when it comes to not being afraid of death, that's what motivates him into putting plans to take out the Justice League. Like Eric said, he has every single plan to take out the Justice League. Like no matter what version of Batman you have, if he teams up with someone, he's going to find out how to take him out overnight. And then he's going to be like, okay, let me just wait. And, and it's scary if you have a guy with patience, 
and the guy who's not afraid of death. And we've seen him take out every single character of the Justice League in many different forms. We've seen him taken out in movies. We've seen him taken out in uh, animated movies. We've seen him taken out in comic books constantly. There's even one comic book uh, book cover where it shows Batman standing on the Justice League, dead and out, out for the count. And it's scary because people underestimate how smart he is. And it's not because he knows everything. It's because he asks questions. I always say this every time. The smartest person doesn't know everything. The smartest person asks questions. And the fact that he asks questions means that he's going to find out more about that person he wants to take down. He knows e- he knows everything. That's why when people, you know, when in like different animated shows or, or movies, every time he, like one time he talked to Green Lancer and Hal Jordan, and he was talking about, hey, uh, do you have enough will for this, this, that? And then Hal Jordan's like, how do you know about that? And then Batman's like, I know everything about Oa. And then Hal Jordan's like, how do you know about Oa? It's it's scary that that he knows all this stuff just because he takes in the time to actually learn about everybody's backstory and power. And he knows every single weakness and how to outsmart them. So that's why I'm a part of the Batman can kill the whole Justice League. I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, he can kill him just because he's awesome. No. I actually feel like he can take him down just because he has taken him down one by one. But again, I feel like it's in context. If everybody was after him, I feel like that's a different story. I feel like he would, but here's the thing. I feel like he would win, but he would win, but he would die while doing it. And that's what's so scary about Batman is that he's willing to do that. You know, I get it. I get what you're saying, but you know I have to agree with Garrett, and I say ah. I saw, I've, I've I've watched the animations, I've watched Justice League, I've watched Batman vs Superman, and re- realistically, okay, Batman. This is saying that never fight somebody who has nothing to lose, right? But how do you beat somebody who can't lose? He's invincible. Superman is bulletproof. He's invincible. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The Flash can't. If he, I think when people use that concept that Batman could beat anybody, I think they use it in a sense that if they were just buddies and they they went in a, a fight and they was withholding their true power. But realistically, how can you tell me a human, although rich, can beat a dude who can move a planet? I I I just I. And then even if you say, okay, well he could prepare for that. All right, how can he prepare for somebody? Who in a split second can kill him? For instance, the Flash, he saved what I think in one of the comics, he saved the whole city of China. He he was able to evacuate everybody in two seconds. You're yep. telling me the moment Batman blinks his eye, he's gonna Batman's gonna be able to go on his tool belt and, and get his concoction ready for the Flash. By the no, time see, he that's does, the thing. Dead. That that's the thing. It's not just physical warfare. It's psychological warfare. That's the scary part. People are thinking coming out of like a straight, like brawling power kind of thing. But here's the thing. Batman knows how to outsmart that because it's not just about the power that you have. It's about the person that's wielding it. And that's the scary part is that Batman will always tap in to the human part of you or whatever part of you that that resembles a humanoid. He'll always tap in that part to where it'll make you feel small and powerless. And that's how he gets you. Because that's he's felt that before. And he's felt that tons of times before. And that's why he still feels like he's the greatest. Well, he might not feel that way, but that's why a lot of people feel like he's the greatest 
because he could stand up with the Justice League on that point. Like even like with your thing with uh, preparing for a man who can move the planet. Guess who else can move the planet? Thanos. <laughs> and guess what? Iron Man was still able to make a bleed. You know what I mean? And that's Iron Man preparing for a guy who can move the planet. So if Iron Man can do it, personally for me, if Iron Man and Batman win, I had a Batman win. So I feel like if Iron Man can make Thanos bleed, then I know for sure Batman can make Superman bleed. No references to Zack Snyder's uh, Batman v Superman. But that that's that's where I'm kind of coming at it. It's not just full power and Flash is about to crack next. Is that Batman can know how to get into his brain in one and a half seconds? <laughs> Batman wouldn't be able to get a word out before his neck was snapped. Exactly. I mean, okay. You got to <laughs> you got to think. I, even if he was given a year to prepare, right? How can you realistically, unless he finds a way, the only person I could see maybe is Superman. If he stood in the middle of a giant football stadium surrounding Kryptonite, okay, maybe. But even then, by the time it affects him, he he already killed Batman. The Flash can move faster, you know, than a pro thought of, um, you know, process of thought. So by the time Batman even blinks, the Flash is right there with his arm through his chest. Uh, Martian Manhunter could uh become intangible and hide in the ground for all Batman cares. I mean, it's it, it's like the same thing, and not to get too much off of it, but it's like the same thing when people say Bruce Lee could beat up Mike Tyson. I mean. It, it, I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, I, I think I love Batman and I know the cartoons. I think, and this is one, actually, a uh, little side note, it's one of the reasons why I hate how Marvel treated the Hulk because they made the Hulk, it made, it made they made Iron Man, uh, Captain America, Hawkeye on the same level of the, as the Hulk. Let's be real here. Uh, besides Thor, none of them was really going to give Hulk any trouble. Right. Hulk really wanted to fight. But mm -hmm. they watered him down to the point. They made Captain America stronger and better than a Hulk. When you realistically, uh, he, couldn't even, yeah. he couldn't even tie Hulk's sneakers. And he uh, sneakers. So, <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's real though. No, no, you, no, no. That's a fantastic point. That's an amazing point. I'm I'm with you on that one. I guess yeah, you could say that's an incredible point. Ah, Hulk <laughs> smash! I like that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, this is this is why sometimes I hate my brother, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I got dad jokes for days. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I know something strange. <laughs> hey, oh man, I can't, I can't. <laughs> but. You know, we, you know, you guys, it, it's been a, a amazing conversation. Great time. You know, we've been behind the mic recording for a couple hours already. And, you know, it, it's always fun to have conversations like this, you know, especially in this society when we, we're surrounded by politics, death, drugs and guns and all this stuff. It's always nice to just sit down and have just meaningful, but, you know, just fun, you know, chats like this where, you know, nobody gets you know offended everybody walks away having a good time we laugh and we joke a little bit um, i don't know about you, you i was know. offended by that batman point i don't know what you talking about i'm gonna tell you told my suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i knew you could hold something against me i knew i was gonna say something <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
You know, I feel like slapping somebody today. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Family Guy episode, me a more bang. <laughs> oh man, jeez. Oh, oh. But you know, you guys are awesome, man. I'm sure a lot of people are gonna love this. You know, it's it's like I like I, I was saying, man. It's always nice to you know do stuff like this because a lot of people, I don't, I don't, I'm not as open like this usually. I'll talk about things, but not like this, you know, because, you know, a lot of people view it as nerdy or uncool. But I think now we're in a space where a lot of people actually enjoy talking about stuff like this and hearing perspective like this. So, um, but before we go, I know, you, like I said, yeah, 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 have your own podcast. I was actually on the podcast. Um, if y'all want to plug your own Instagram, social medias and your podcast um, as well, go for it, you know, so people can follow you as well. Yeah, um, most definitely. So we we have our own podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> Amazon. We're on, Justin... we're on Pandora. We're uh, we're on, even on the podcast index. We're ba- basically wherever you find this podcast, we're on that too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so just look up uh, cross country comments. Um, that's uh, our YouTube and everything else. I think the only thing it's different on is TikTok is CC comments. Um, yep. But other than that, it's cross country comments on Instagram, YouTube, uh, other media, other stuff like that. It's not made to Twitter yet. We might do that. We'll see. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we, uh, we we loved being here, man. Uh, we post once a week, uh, every Sunday, uh, three o'clock EST. Um Talk about a lot of stuff like this, a lot of video game stuff, a lot of uh, nerdy stuff. But I mean, something happens in the world. We'll also cover serious stuff if it comes down to it, and we need to. Absolutely, we will. Um, but we just like to have fun. That's like we, you know. I hope we uh, show it here. We just we're two friends who like to have fun, and hey, we made a third friend today. So this is Bad. this is a good time. This is a good time. A friend you owe five? No, it's not five grand. It's four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Oh, my PayPal's down. Oh, no. Uh, right. <laughs> my internet just got wobbly. <laughs> no, but dude, it's, it, with you, it's it's been real. So thank you. Thank you for, because we, we reach out to you, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, we reach out to you. But thank you for being so open to even being, even like considering having somebody else, you know, on your podcast, uh, uh, much less than being on ours. Uh, so, yeah, we just want to say thank, thank you for having us on and just being a fantastic host. And and thank you to your audience for, you know, for loving us, too, because I could already even though this is in the past, I could already feel the future. Every, you know, everyone's going <laughs> to oh. bring that positive energy while listening to it. You know what I mean? So thank right. you for bringing a safe space, too, because because that's a lot of thing that not a lot, not a lot of people have anymore. It's a safe space just to let out, you know, random stuff. So thank you for making that safe space, man. Absolutely. man. That, that, this was all about, you know, let me say this, too. A lot of people I joke about it. You know, a lot of people look at me, you know, tool job and, you know, very uh, self-centered, which I, I'm all those things. But <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm self-aware, I know. But at the same time, I am one of the most humble people you'll meet because I, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. Uh, I don't think, you know, I'm more successful than anybody. I'm just, I'm just another man on the block who just so happens to be good looking, charismatic with gray hair. But, you know, 
that that's the bottom line. But I will always say, Zach Efron once said, "We're all in this together." So that's why Bert. Facts, true. Facts. Okay. One of the greatest no. musicals of all time. Facts. <laughs> that's. You think so? That's controversial. Okay, okay, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, based, it's, 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 it's based. It's based. off of personal preference, not like overall preference. I so like when I say that, that's like, oh, that's like dear to my heart. I got it. We're all in this, all in this together. together. Yeah, I have, no. I have to. You know what I mean? Wow, cat, say it loud. You know, get into it, bro. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm not gonna lie. This is an embarrassing moment. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it was Friday morning. Me, uh, I got up, um, and me and my girlfriend, we I put on that song, and I was literally dancing to the whole song in the middle of the kitchen. And she was actually going to record me, and I said, "Absolutely not." Does that go out? This podcast is over. Close down shop. You won't see. Me. <laughs> Respect, hey, man. Out Listen, in the hood, I, I'll I'll, sh- I'll share that embarrassing moment with you, man. I used to perform bet on it as as like. I mean, heck, I probably wow. did it two months ago. I, I, you, like, in my living room with a microphone. <laughs> I, had a, I had a whole production wow. of High School Musical 1 and 2 with my little sister just three months ago of us just going through the movie. We played every single... Hey, hey just so you know, I played Sharpay at one point. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. Like, oh. I, I ain't gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bro. I, I, I went over that phase, too. <laughs> Hey, no judgment, man. No judgment. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh my God. But you you know, you guys have been awesome. You know, this is the energy we need. And like I said, I'm glad we was able to do our podcast back to back and have you guys on because like I said, we need more positivity in this world. And even when nice. we talk about little, you know, serious stuff, quote unquote, that we're talking about, it's still silly, still goofy. And we could we could just laugh and cry and uh Old people money, you know, I'm not gonna forget that. Don't worry, you're not the only one I run this gag on too, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I do gotta call uh Sylvester Stallone because uh we gotta do another Rocky movie. Um, so let's speed this up, shall we? Uh, oh shoot, you going up against now? Creed next? Uh it's actually uh, called the I, I, I'm not going against Creed per se. Creed is coming up to me. Like I said, oh. I, I don't approach people. People approach me. That, that's not how it works. <laughs> you got the Michael, you know, Michael funny. B. Jordan link. You know what I'm saying? Michael B. Jordan actually DM'd me the other day and he was like, yo, man, you know, how can I be like you? And I said, you can't. I'm sorry, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I, you know, you're all fortunes of solitude. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? I don't I got my own S on my chest. Yeah, I got hey. you. You know, <laughs> but you know, I'll, you know, you guys are always welcome. Come back home. We're gonna have more conversation like this. And you know, like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Let's give a hand to Garrett. And uh, what's your what's your name again? I forgot. Uh, Jabin. Jabin. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would have said your name, but I you still owe me, so I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid them 2500 a few minutes ago. Oh, that did you? Good, that, that, that's why he said my name. <laughs> you know what? We could do another hour, you know? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my uh, god. I, I'm sorry. I think I think people would call this um oppression. Oh my god. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I like I always say, I hope a hand is a better hand. Thank you guys for being on, and we'll see you guys later. Right, see you later.